Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bald Move Television Podcast, where the officially unofficial podcast for all of television. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. And today, like many Wednesdays before, we are here to talk about the final season of David Simon and George Pelicanos' The Deuce, uh, a deep dive into secret history of pornography, prostitution, sex, drugs, trafficking in uh, Times Square. Uh, Jim, what did you think of this episode? That's a wrap. That's a wrap. It's the last episode of The Deuce. No more episodes of The Deuce to come. Why'd they name it, it That's it a Wrap? Been. It could have been. It could have like been. It should have been. Like, the way this thing ends, it could have so easily been a series finale, and it would said everything I think that they set out to say. What are they going to name the finale that's better than That's a Wrap? Reshoots. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Into B-roll, insert shots. Yeah, yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a great episode. Uh-huh. It's... More greatness from another, from the great show that is a deuce. I don't know what more to say beyond that. Shocking events. Um, the, one of the most shocking on-screen deaths I've seen in my huh. many, many years of television and movies. Like, I've seen ones that were, I don't know, in context maybe more shocking or gruesome, but the the I honestly didn't see it coming. I thought that Lori might... Like, I was starting to think, like, oh, you know, this is her last kind of hurrah, and she's going to take this money, and she's going to celebrate with it and overdose on drugs or something like that. Mm -hmm. But happening right there, right then, uh, and just so sudden, like, she looks at the cocaine thing, puts it down, reaches in her purse, bang. Two seconds, and she's dead. I I rarely gasp when I'm watching television, and I did, because I just, again... Her dying makes perfect sense. Like you could definitely see the writing on the walls, but the way it happened is just so completely shocking. And it's, um, I encourage everybody to read an interview that Alan Seppenwall did with um, uh, David Simon and Emily Mead. Uh, mm, I yeah, think is plays the, Lori the actor Madison. plays Lori, yeah. and they talked about like how she was cast, how they selected her for the different role. Because I guess uh, Simon said you could have. A happy ending or you can have the tragic ending mm-hmm. and uh emily impulsively went i want the tragic ending because that's probably the one that's got the more juice uh-huh. and they've worked on like how this is going to go for the last two seasons um like they were still debating whether it be a gun whether it be drugs and i guess emily's like you know no Lori would definitely be by her own hand and um i just went a, a lot of a lot went into it and um and david he mentioned that he's seen this scene 30 times like in the editing bay and like all the different times and he's like every single time there's that impulse of like no no don't and yeah just because of the way it's shot and how because a lot of a lot of uh suicides make a meal out of it the actor it's like uh-huh. you know they thousand yard stare it there might be some tears there might be some drinking there's like you know but this was just it, it, that's why I guess it felt there, so there real. There was so, a thousand yard stare. There was like the the yeah. You, you felt it all before before you the knew gun it was going to happen. Yeah, right. Right. And, and that's what I thought was so brilliant. Like you you understood that there wasn't much of a way back for her. Yeah. Uh, because she didn't think there was, and it's it's not that like her life was at a dead end. Mm-hmm. It's more like she believed her life was at a dead end. And there's a lot of a lot of uh, you know that the her her arc has been thinking that she doesn't have any career prospects outside of porn and it was interesting because yeah. she mentions that how like there's no way i can you know um move on from this and candy's like you know what what do you mean like uh you got you went on the one rehearsal or you got on one casting call and they didn't pick you up and suddenly you think you're unfilmable that's ridiculous every actor goes through that kind of rejection 
And I thought like, oh, well, this might, you know, this is just, it's obviously just what Eileen needs to finish her movie because Lori did such a great job on Red. Uh, it's obviously what um, uh, she wants to move to a more su- a serious, successful uh, acting gig. And this is a, a stepping stone. If she does like really good work, I'm, re- I remind, I'm reminded of uh, Soderbergh's uh, The Girlfriend Experience. Um with uh, I can't remember the porn star's name well, now. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, s- uh, s- Sasha, what? Sasha Gray. Sasha Gray. Thanks for the assist from okay. my, my lovely wife. Uh, <laughs> better mind for porn stars than I do, <laughs> than I possess. I... Yeah, but it's it's interesting. To I'm like... saying the, the road of moving on was right there in front of her, it seemed like. Yeah, but she let it define her um, in a way that I think is is understandable to Eileen, mm-hmm. but also completely not understandable. Like Eileen didn't, didn't, yes, she was defined by her career. Um, but at the same time, she embraced that definition. Whereas was... I think she wanted Lori to do that. And Lori very much didn't want to do that. Right. That yeah. that was the exact wrong advice for Lori in that moment. Yeah. Is to just say, yes, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use that to, to, you know, whatever effect it can have, for the rest of my life because mm-hmm. that's what Eileen's going to do. But that's, but this goes back to like the women against porn. Like the, you are not every woman, Eileen, right? You are not every prostitute. You are not every porn star. And I think Lori was a very different kind of person. Hmm. Yeah. And you, you know, Eileen always did this on her own terms. She right. never, she never uh, relied on a pimp. She was always kind of like looking for the edge. Um, and you know we're contrast to Lori, who appeared very street tough uh, and smart. And that's something uh, Emily mentioned in an interview is that the way she tried to play Lori, or the way it was written, is that you know Lori showed up uh, looking like she looking innocent, but being street savvy. But the reality is she is actually far more naive than she needed to be to yeah. be pulling that that off. She's Ohio street savvy, not New York. Yeah, street savvy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or I guess Minnesota, as we found out. She's a Land was of it, Lakes girl. Was it Minnesota? Well, she's she went through Ohio. It's confusing. But when she the, she the, went the, to Youngstown, where she grew up, right? Well, that's where she ended up. But she was in Minnesota. She was in Minneapolis oh. when, when she actually visited her childhood home. Okay. Um. But yeah, it's she that 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 all kind of that all kind of tracked for me. Mm-hmm. The and I felt that was a good description because I remember her showing up and Cece thought he'd have to recruit her and she's like, Nah, I'm ready. I'm 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 ready to yeah. go. I'm a professional. Let's 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 get this. Let's let's do it. And then. You know, last season was all about her kind of like realizing what a dead end that was. And now she spent 10, you know, she's I think that's the other thing is walking through the terminal on L.A. again and not a single pimp turns their head towards her. She's like, you know, the fact that she is tra- having the slum um, through the, the stripper circuit, the fact that. Um, you know, she's walking down the street and she's not getting, I, I felt like that she felt her own mortality and that she's about to age out. She's having to mm-hmm. start from nothing. And what the she hell am I going to do? doesn't want to do that again. I mean, yeah. look at what she's been through starting from nothing when she showed up in New York. Yeah. Trying to do that again is a monumental task. Uh, Eileen has sort of had the luxury of, of easing her way into that. Yeah. Lori would not have that luxury. Yeah, well, and you know, someone someone had told her that like, hey, if you can hang out through like the early to mid '90s, uh, milfs will start to become a thing. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, 
but uh, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's tragic. Um, yeah. We can talk. I don't know how much you want to talk about like it, the her pathetic kind of like stripping her way across America and how she gets. Stru- uh, if you don't know, Youngstown, Ohio is right on the border of Pennsylvania. Hmm. So she's still Pennsylvania is a pretty wide state if you're trying to get to New York from it. So she's yep. still a fair amount away. Runs out of money um, and uh, uh, calls uh, Eileen, which is seems like it's kismet and i'm like Mm -hmm. hot damn this is the way out because uh she's ran out of money uh harvey says the way you get more money is to cast a legend and make him fuck once Mm -hmm. twice three (laughs) times uh however many you can get and then um she has the meeting with sean i don't know if it's like the thing is i thought that that was a really great scene but it's completely overshadowed by what goes on with Lori. um she meets with the 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 housewife from i think the midwest or the south yeah. who like just took the, the the porn like a duck to water and she has landed in this very cushy uh 12 bedroom mansion in tuxedo park with an unlimited allowance and she wants to die because there is literally, literally nothing left in life to excite or uh engage her mm-hmm. uh that sucks um, I wonder because that's the other thing is like when I was watching that scene, I thought that it was going to lead to Shauna being like, you know what, fuck this. I've, I, I'll, I'll, I'll make out all right in the divorce, and I'll still do adult movies or at least one last one. <laughs> yeah, um, have to wonder what kind of prenups are in a marriage like that's that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> with one of the wealthiest uh, real estate developers in in Manhattan. Uh huh. Um, but that's where Lori steps in and says she needs an opportunity, and Eileen's got one for her. Um, I thought that there's going to be, you know, then I thought the the tragedy was going to be Greg's got her an ironclad contract and he's going to be a dick about it. Mm -hmm. But it turns out Greg's got a guy named Larry above him that just can (laughs) just cut his shit off. Uh huh. Uh, That was really satisfying. Is this this his other thing that he's talking about? Like this deal with Larry, maybe like because they seem to be almost partners in some in this venture yeah it's clearly something larry definitely like is running the show yeah but i think he's like the owner of a porn studio whereas Mm -hmm. you know greg is just trying to get into supply and distribution side Mm -hmm. um i love this scene though this negotiation is fantastic it i i yes i love nego it's it's always fun to negotiate from a position of strength Uh um and i don't know how I don't know how Harvey smelled the weakness in the room or whatever, but him him getting uh you know Lori for a song essentially uh for five k in total, which then they get their part back with Eileen. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know because like Larry has this also this uh uh faded starlets of yesteryear movie that he wants to make with candy uh, eileen has candy and a few other of these you know former megastars mm-hmm. and he's willing to give her essentially eighteen thousand dollars you yeah. know fifteen thousand right to uh eileen and forgiving the three thousand debt they owe to laurie and watching greg just fucking melt down <laughs> it's so good as he's this is happening to it and larry's like sit down little boy mm-hmm. uh, the adults are talking it's pretty great yep uh it's it's an easy shoot uh no anal no gape shots uh, i love harvey's, harvey's like, no yeah. gape <laughs> uh, yeah you, 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 you gotta appreciate the gentleman's offer i mean he's taking gape <laughs> off the table uh the, the only question i have is with seeing everything we've seen 
do you think that that's going to be the sick part of the joke is that she's going to agree to this and then mm-hmm. it's going to be essentially Lori saying that she, you know, like, like getting, a, I, I guess I don't see that happening with Eileen because nope. Eileen would be like, you know what? Fuck you and yeah. walk out. Yeah. I'll need your 20 K. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that would happen. I'm, I'm not even sure we get to see any of this aftermath, any of this, uh, like movie being shot or made we might jump ahead we might get some because we got to resolve this thing we have what do you think hank's going to think if she has to have one last fuck film yeah because he's been question that's we've always thought it's like when is he not going to be cool when is he not going to be cool there's a little bit of signs of maybe jealousy that she's spending more time on this project than him like maybe a little bit Mm -hmm. but like her going back and you know plowing a room full of dudes for one last thing like Especially when he offered to, like, okay, you won't fuck me for money, mm. but you're going to fuck other people for money? Like, I I, under, I understand from Eileen's perspective that that, that yeah, calculus... Yeah, she's not in a relationship with these other people. That There's math no... checks out. Yeah. But from Hank's position, I think that might be where, you know, it, it just doesn't add up for him. And I think, if anything, she'd be even more resolute in that after speaking with, uh, what's what's her name? At the restaurant, the, oh, Shana, the woman yeah. in the gilded cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She would understand. Yeah, this is something I definitely still don't want to do. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how Hank is going to take it. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the only possible fallout I could see. It's because the other was like, why? What? This, but he's this... been like, all of this shit has just gone right off his back like a duck in water. It's, I can't see him getting upset about one final hurrah for candy he doesn't seem to tie but i know but i don't know because i said we he was a little bit of a conundrum like this guy mentioned that he was out on this date on new year's eve and it turned out the lady completely misjudged him and what he's all about and Mm -hmm. you know he's in he's intrigued by a former prostitute who's doing adult movies and it's all in her past i don't know because there is they, they put that in his character that he is kind of like sees himself as this classy guy and maybe mm-hmm. it's one thing to have a, 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 a lover with a torrid past, but she's kind of got like a straight respectable, but like how is he going to sell the Manhattan real estate crowd on, well, I thought you're, I thought you're, uh, I thought Eileen was a former porn star. Now I see her on the boxes and shit in Times Square. What the fuck? I don't know. Yeah, and then the other thing is, I also don't want to come out as uh, a pre because it's perfectly fine to draw the line at letting your girlfriend, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, agreeing to allow your girlfriend to be in porn. Like, I don't think that's, <laughs> I don't think that you have to be that open minded to like, you know, call yourself a real man nowadays. You know? Yeah, yeah. Especially not, not back so in much the- allow, but like agreeing to be in a relationship with someone who's actively doing porn. And if I'm Hank, I'm asking, are there going to be condoms? on this set uh-huh. if not what i don't i think this is pre like the ace stuff where they you know were tested like you know essentially every week and so yeah, like the, it's like in it. the middle of the aids crisis like there's legitimate concerns to you doing one last kind of uh, scene like you know mm-hmm. who are you gonna be sleeping with there's gonna be protection who have they slept with what are they clean I, I i don't know that this could be this could be like a bittersweet thing for uh, where eileen gets to make her fully artistic vision on her own terms but it once again cost her important relationship yeah, I mean it's it's costing her a lot. Yeah, uh, cost her Lori. I wonder if there's any a little her. echoing what Shauna said about missing the attention too. Because I was watching, I thought Maggie Gyllenhaal is characteristically so good at 
putting a thousand words on her face as she's just taking like 10 seconds to ponder this offer. And mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a little bit like, you know, it might be nice to do. I've still, I'm looking down. I've still got it. Uh, one, <laughs> yeah, one I last what time. He says, he says something to that effect. Like, yeah. get together the ones who are, are still something. I can't still have some tread on the tire. Or <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um, so there's another, so the next time the alarm bells went off is when, um, Eileen gave Lori her credit card. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, this could be where she's just going to go crazy and blow it on drugs or something and, and mess up the seat. Like I, again, a million different ways I saw this went wrong, uh, wrong without putting Lori's brains on a hotel wall. She does a little bit of that. She does definitely go score some coke with the forty bucks or whatever that. And Eileen knew it too. Yeah. Like I, I there was a, that look on her face where when Lori says, "Hate to do it, but I need to hit you up for some more money." Where she's like, <laughs> "How did you spend this all in one night?" Oh, I know. Um, but she yeah, does I, it. I keep looking at this relationship uh, and the way that Eileen is treating Adam, and I'm thinking, what are the similarities? What are the differences? Mm. Because they're both sort of in the same position here, right? They're asking for something from Eileen. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, I, I don't think views Lori as a child, but she's in a desperate state. Yeah. Um, it, it, the, the, I guess wrinkle here is that Eileen wants something from Lori. Yeah. And it can, there's like a business interest there where it's like, you know, maybe if she was a t-shirt supplier, mm-hmm. um, there would be a little bit more openness to like get into whatever Adam's wanting to do. But yeah. you know, like she needs a, uh, an actor of a certain caliber and who is going to be marketable and bankable and here's Lori. So what if she has a drug problem? A lot of these girls do, you know, I could, but, but yeah. I'm, I am kind of surprised that I that Eileen didn't see a little bit more of the danger signs herself, especially after that conversation where clearly Lori wants to come back up here and make herself a little nest egg with some uh, amongst her her former friends. And Eileen's like, "Well, business is really drying up in New York. I'm one of the last holdouts, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I, this is a great scene because they're both talking past each other. Like Eileen saying, "What? Look at how." bright your future could be like mm-hmm. look at me and Lori says look at me i'm on the downside i came out here with, with not a dime in my my yeah. pocket and now you're saying there's no dimes to be had i don't you and she and everything candy said like added to those bricks to the wall like mm-hmm. you know i'm a mother i'm a daughter i'm and Lori's like i don't even have a family anymore if if i ever yeah. did they're now that house is bombed out and boarded up and there's no way for me to and 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 yeah, Eileen is essentially telling her, go back to California. There's nothing here for you. And she's saying, I just came from California. There's nothing there for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where, where do you fucking want me to go? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the fact that she, it should have been a dead ringer when she wouldn't tell her her real name because, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's going to be the real tragedy is that um, no one's going to know who she is. Mm-hmm. She, I don't know whether she actually has a, an ID that has a real name on it, but I could see her being do, buried do in a potter's think, field. You think it was Sarah? I think so, she yeah. She tells this guy. Yeah, I think absolutely. she tells this guy her real name. That's her real name, but nobody else is going to know that. No, it's for us as an audience. Yeah. Because um, I'm trying to think of... Wasn't there a woman that died in the first season that everyone kind of pitched together to bury? But they, but I thought they actually found out her real name. They actually, they, uh, yeah, it was Darlene or Dorothy um, that that tracked her down and went to her old high school and asked people like, "Have you seen?" 
because they wanted to know so they could tell her. But they, I, I wonder if Lori's going to be the first of these women that die and she's going to be completely anonymous, which is mm. ironic because we know her so well. Yeah. I mean, she had to have signed contracts yeah. with like Kiki and stuff with her real name on them, right? Yeah, she might have been the persona Lori Madison on her porn shoots, but there must be contracts somewhere. That's a good question. But the other thing is, like, if she's got nothing on her, how are the police are ever going to put that together? Well, the journalist could after her death, right? The journalist. A famous porn star dies, yeah. uh, commits suicide in a hotel room in New York. Yeah. I, I did think, so I thought this was a little bit unrealistic, too. Lori's strolling down Times Square. Like, imagine if you're a famous porn star. Uh-huh. And you're walking down Times Square, not a single person recognizes her. Like maybe any random John wouldn't, but but like mm-hmm. I thought that was like kind of weird that nobody but it also need that you know, David Simon needed that, so she felt mm-hmm. completely isolated, like she had no um uh she had no uh, prospects. Yeah. Um I don't know, what did you think that last trick was about? Man. I don't know. I can't tell if that's like her figuring out whether she can make a go of this life again Mm -hmm. or if that's her defining herself one last time, like sort of in a very negative way. This is what CC said about me and I'll always be this. And that's like, I want to just lean into that. I I can't tell if it's, if it's one last attempt at, at something that might save her or if it's admitting she can't be saved. Hmm. I think it's the latter. But I don't know. I know because there's like this, like there's also um, this attempt to kind of relive her former glory and retake, like you know, like I, like bitch, I own this stroll, and you know, right. like yeah. being accused by a prostitute of being a cop, like that was offensive to her. <laughs> oh, one other possibility uh, for the the trick is something that Cecily brought up was, which is that. Um, Lori wanted to square things with candy like she had gotten into a certain amount of debt and she pointedly put the hmm. stack of cash and put uh, Eileen's credit card on top of it. And maybe that was just her like trying to go out without, um, you know, putting uh, Eileen in the hole, though she has kind of put Eileen in the hole. Oh, yeah. She doesn't have a, a porn star for her film now. Yeah. Like I said, I, I don't know if I remember that talked about all the different things I thought that she was because I. It wouldn't surprise me if she'd shot the movie and gotten a couple thousand in her pocket and then OD'd uh, because she was partying again or something like that. But yeah, I just I just didn't see this coming. And then Eileen waiting for the next day on set. She's never going to show. Um, and it just kind of bums her out seeing Lori throw this opportunity away and, and harder than she even is, is suspects at this point and says she doesn't want to shoot today, which is going to cost her a lot of money. Uh, and time that she doesn't have, but uh, yeah, she says since everybody home. That's a wrap. Uh, title you know, title of the episode. episode, but also it feels it felt to me like some sort of finality of the porn scene in New York. Um, and I know porn is still made in New York. It's mm-hmm. not like it's not happening. Uh, but as far as this group of yeah. porn producers is is concerned. There's a wrap. There are no more stories to be told because all the people who have the stories to tell are gone. That's or, or n- not all of them, but mm-hmm. but like the the big players who you know we yeah. we've been with for four years now. Before we get any further, I got to do some housekeeping for Bald Move, and there is so much house to keep. I'm gonna have to do it like micro machines, a commercial guy fashion. 
Uh, Watchmen has come. It's finally here. The follow-up to Damon Lindelof's The Leftovers, and it gets a full treatment. Instant live cast for club members, as well as an instant talk, just like we did for Watch uh, Westworld and Game of Thrones, and a full cast with recap analysis and feedback on Tuesdays. We're also still doing Rick and Morty. Uh, we're at Season 3, Tales from the Citadel. We have an amazing guest, Gustavo Sarola from Rooster Teeth, to break down all of our hip, evil Morty theories. Uh, Cecily and I are still doing American Horror Stories Season 9, 1984. If you want to get some October spook on, it's safe to jump in at this season because it's anthology. None of the previous seasons mattered. Also, Cecily and I are doing the Cinema Spooktacular, our third annual installment to Search for Spook. Volume 2 just came out over the weekend, talking about Tallgrass, Sleepaway Camp, and Crawl. Jim and I are covering the final season of Mr. Robot with episodes released on Wednesdays. Check it out on the 2-bit encryption feed. Cecily and Alexis of Pin Y fame will be covering his dark materials on Bald Move TV for us starting on November 4th. This week, they're going to be releasing a review of the 2007 Golden Compass movie as a sort of shakedown cruise. A bald movie in my Bald Move TV feed? <gasps> Shocked Pikachu face. And that's all the housing that got kept. Yeah, I, I guess we can talk about it now. I was going to wait till the end. But like, why isn't this? I, what? What could they possibly say in another hour of television that's going to not dilute the impact of this? Because I'm thinking we already we already know uh, we we see how the gang is going. We see how the mob is going. We see that Vincent is essentially going to be trapped in this life working for someone that he now loathes and knows that is just one screw up away from blowing his brains out. Uh, mm -hmm. We know that the the game is irrec. Uh, irrevocably changed as far as like the the parlors and uh and essentially that the money has won on times square mm -hmm. uh gene and his wife's got a closure vincent and abby have closure we get closure with dr mike um and which i wasn't even expecting to get a, that that beautiful of a closure uh we even get a little closure with melissa we know she's going to be fine because uh, mm -hmm. her her buddy reg after doing her dirty and doing her old man's dirty work is at least hooking her up with uh, hooking him up with a <laughs> hooking her up with a new job. What could they yeah. possibly do in another sixty minutes that they didn't do in this episode? Well, in as much as the Deuce is the main character of this show, mm. they got to do something a little bit bigger. We little, haven't had closure on the Deuce itself, right? I yeah. mean, we kind of are getting there with that's like what, the money interest Abby, coming in. Abby yeah. telling fu Gene to fuck off at a community uh, meeting, but that still felt like there was a bit of fight left in the deuce sure we need to see that there isn't i yeah. guess it needs to be um, yeah it's almost like that's you could be you could uh you could think that that's the end where yeah and this is where the deuce stood up and right. a bright a bright future for a pimp and <laughs> a businessman alike uh-huh we know uh, that doesn't happen so we kind of need to get around to that and i think you do some of that in the last hour i think eileen's story is not closed yet like you mentioned with hank um, there's, there's still a bit left to do with her and Harvey. Um, maybe other characters, I, this Bobby stuff, Bobby kicked open a f new fucking door with his kid this episode, shorting stocks. But I'm saying like, to me, that's that, that could be David Simon saying like, look at how this is all going to start out, the, yeah. like the, the big short starts and all this little stuff. And like a, a wall street culture that is addicted to, uh, you know, this manipulative money practices and like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess like all the that's Gotti true. stuff, and this is this is how almost every season of the Wire went. Like the like, holy mm -hmm. shit, fuck episode was the penultimate, and yeah. then but a lot of the Wire was the next episode, the the final episode set up 
right the 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 character like we talked about like the the simon is so good at sending characters on trajectories with velocity so when you can catch up with them later it's like ah i know what's going on yeah there's no there's no place to 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 send these characters Mm -hmm. um or if you to the extent that you do this episode did it beautifully yeah i don't know it'd be i mean i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that i think the next episode is gonna be a waste of time it's just like wow how are they going to make it not be yeah, I guess I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit more from Vincent too. Um, he's in a in a place where we certainly could have left him, and I kind of would have understood everything. Mm-hmm. But I do want a little bit more because he's in with this Tommy thing. We know that whole equation is going to change. Well, when, yeah, let's let's Gotti rolls in and let, stuff. Let's so. talk about Abby and Vincent here. Yeah. Uh, so the episode starts with Vincent fleeing Tommy Longo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's fleeing to the woods. Uh, I don't know where this yeah. is, and I, I feel like that this was connected to a character from the very beginning. Like to some, I can't remember how, but he be. got this cabin um, from a, a a person that probably has since died. Uh, Jerome is his, his name, uh, and he goes to visit the, uh, Doctor Mike, who's now retired. Uh, he chops some wood for him. And, you know, Vince trying to make small talk, but there's he's always saying these awkward things like uh, guy said to enjoy the cabin in good health. Mm -hmm. Oh, what are you going to do for uh, for for heat in the winter, Mike? Oh, you're not going to last that long. Like he kept on like (laughs) stepping on all those rakes Uh and uh, and yet it managed to be. A touching scene. Yeah, he could because 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 Mike has this grace about him. Yeah. He's he can see that like Vincent is flailing, and he's like, "Hey, don't feel bad about this. Like, I got no regrets. I drank from the cup." And he talks about all, you know, didn't leave one stone unturned, and didn't let anything walk by him. And uh, you know, Vincent wants to say something profound about you know what he means to him, and Mike's like, "You know, let's just enjoy the fire." Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very not Simon setting. Like a yeah. cabin in the woods with a fire going in the fireplace. It reminds me of two like people when, just sitting talking. When when uh, when Wallace got sent out to the sticks because he was being in, in the wire, like and and the kid he's like call, calls his friends is like, "Someone get me out of here! There's bugs, there's there's fucking <laughs> leaves and greens and trees everywhere. I'm freaking out. Yeah, it's weird out here in the country. Yeah, it did feel weird watching it. It was like I was watching a different show. Yeah, felt almost like like a, like a, like a true detective type setting or mm-hmm. something. Um, but yeah, I thought that was, and like, I saw some commentary about like disappointing to see these guys like emotionally closed off. And I'm like, I, I don't agree. Like, I don't think that these guys were emotionally closed off. It's like they, their words weren't necessary. Yeah. I mean, sitting there in front of a, uh, a, a fire drinking whiskey with your friend who's dying. You both have tears in your eyes. Like, I mean, I guess they could say they love each other, mm-hmm. but it's almost like, I was expecting that. The closed off as if they never went beyond bust, uh, never went beyond busting their balls about chopping wood and and right. drinking whiskey and shit like that. Like yeah. the first and there scene wasn't was that. A tear shed, yeah, yeah. Um, so I I really I thought it was great and mm-hmm. uh, and moving. Uh, Abby's new girl this year, Pilar, kind of nags him about the unsatisfying nature of the relationship and and sets an expectation that Abby will go to her show because it's important to her. Um, but Abby does not go to her show mm-hmm. and, um, there's kind of a, another bittersweet irony is that Abby's relationship with Vincent fucks things up with Pilar mm-hmm. and Vincent's relationship with this ex-wife fucks things up with that 
to where right as Vincent fucked things up with Abby yeah. over the gun. Nobody's happy here. Nobody's happy. Um, I I mean, Abby did the right thing. She set an ultimatum. Oh, yeah. It was an easy ultimatum to keep, and Vince Vince didn't do it. Yeah, and it, it's... I don't know. I, I thought that line from Pilar about her never being the one to end it was pretty insightful given mm-hmm. how beyond ourselves beyond words we've been with why vince and abby are still together yeah i think you can say to both that about both of them they're yeah. both at bad at ending things uh-huh because yeah i mean uh it's it's tragic but it's a long time coming and i'm happy for abby because i don't see Vin- like abby could abby could escape the 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 gravitational collapse that the deuce is is undergoing mm-hmm um, and maybe get into politics even. She can do a lot of things. I think Vincent is just trapped. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, even if he wanted to get out, I, I think he, he would be able to if not for the mafia. Yeah. And I mean, like, again, like, it's, I, I think he could have gotten out with Rudy. Yeah. Uh, but there's yeah. a new guy, Tommy, and he's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fucking thing to say that, uh, you know, he was like, hey, Rudy was wrong in not having you murdered. Mm-hmm. And that's implying that's not a mistake I'm ever going to make. Mm-hmm. So, And I was surprised a little bit that the debt was paid, that they viewed this as an eye for an eye. Uh, but it makes a certain sort of sense. Yeah, I mean, this like it, 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 none of that mafia shit makes any real sense. Yeah. You know, like this like code of honor among thieves. But like, I, I they do fucking seem like they take it seriously. And if like a mm-hmm. big made guy like Rudy went down, then it's like, you know, what are you what are you gonna what are you what are you gonna do? Um, if you if you whack another guy on top of that, it's just going to lead to war, which doesn't seem yeah. like any of these guys want. So, uh, the other thing is, I was speaking about Vince being trapped. Is like, yeah, he's like, hey, we'll find you a new spot. He's like, I don't think I want it. No, we're gonna find you a real spot and you're, mm-hmm. you're a new spot, and you're gonna like it. Yep. And you're gonna make as much money for us as you've always made for just us. Keep doing the same thing you do. Also, your crew, everybody's gonna keep doing the same thing they've been doing. Yep. Which. Yep. It's interesting to me when you juxtapose that with Bobby mm-hmm. and his situation in the parlors, because that's very much changing uh, in a different way. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about the ex-wife uh, and Vince's Vincent's conversation? I thought it was beautiful. Sure. It's a nice piece of dialogue, but I don't really have anything to say about it. Yeah, this broken teacup metaphor. Yeah, like uh, we could do this, but the cracks are all going to be there. And, yeah. um, and if there was ever a time to do it, it would have been when the kids needed them yeah. a little bit more, right? But it's probably easier that the kids are out of, you know, like it's, I I don't know. Like if you ever want to piece that thing back together, yeah. I think it would have been before the kids grew up and moved away and like, yeah, but you, yeah. Why, why would you do it now? I've always thought her. this relationship with uh, Vince and his ex-wife was weird because it never mm-hmm. felt like their heart, either of their hearts were into it. Yeah. It's more of like, you know, he likes the idea of having a family mm-hmm. and she kind of is jealous of Vince cause he's good looking and successful and he's with a hot, hot girl that he's replaced with. But it's like that. It always felt like it was very surface level yeah. and, and nostalgic. And, um, I was actually really impressed with her analysis of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. Vince comes home, Abby's gone. And, uh, she left a, a picture of Vince shrouded in shadow behind, which is probably a underneath the gun probably a good good way to look at it man of all the like uh it's a kind of amazing but that's the way these things work it's like i was like i kind of like man is it crazy that she found that gun like immediately 
but that's i just feel like that's the way that shit goes like you know um that's why you shouldn't keep secrets from <laughs> yeah. your intimate partners. Try that, Vincent. <laughs> yeah, try giving your word and keeping it. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, let's Speaking talk. Speaking of giving your words, yeah, Abby gives some fucking words in this episode to Gene. Yeah, um, I feel like we should talk about that before we leave Abby. And yeah, and go then. for it. I mean, I just want to. The other thing is, Gene's wife confronts him, says it's not fair to me yeah. this relationship, and he says, "You're right. Um, I don't regret." what we what we did in our family but i'll mm-hmm. start looking for a place that i think he looked i thought he looked a little sick in these scenes a little sweaty little <laughs> no no i'm seriously I, I think you're right you're right i didn't take note that he was sweatier than she was in this scene yeah and then later on in the communion meetings i thought there he would look a little haggard i, th- I think they're maybe trying to suggest like mm-hmm. this here's this guy who's been like very very careful yeah still wasn't careful enough uh i don't know if that'll like affect his his family or whatnot um, we're not going to sure. Maybe that'll be something for next episode. But yeah, mm-hmm. Gene's trying to lead this community meeting and blow a bunch of sunshine up their ass about how awesome this money coming in to New York is. And yeah, Abby has a Abby question. Says the people of the Deuce aren't going to see any of that money. Mm-hmm. This is not for the people of the Deuce. This is for the moneyed private interests. In fact, the people of the Deuce are going to be forced to move some other place, mm-hmm. and you know going to be uprooted from the communities you know in and she's part of that community yeah. right like she makes this point like i'm look i'm not part of this problem right i'm trying to at least be decent to the people who are not the private money developers coming into this place the people who are real people who have hardships in their lives i'm i'm just trying to help them out and and that's not what you're doing here right yeah, and I'm I'm thinking about like so many times personally I've lived through epochs in American culture where like manufacturing jobs are going away or coal mm-hmm. mining jobs are going away and we're about to live through one where anyone that drives anything for a living yep. it's a good thing there's only like 10 million of those in the, in the economy uh, those jobs are going to go away in the next 10, 15, 20 years yep. and it's always like oh my god what are we going to do we got to retrain we got to find programs we find you know who never gets fucking retraining programs or uh, pl- you know placement programs or work development programs pimps prostitutes drug dealers mm-hmm. yet this is a you know they're they're getting priced out of their they're getting put out of their jobs to no fault of their own just like the coal miners just like the manufacturing workers but yet there's zero <laughs> safety net for them and i think that's, that's what abby's abby's saying yeah. like you know not only are you doing all this but you don't have any plan like these people are all garbage to you that you're trying to push out mm-hmm. um now i that's the thing i this feels like just just spitting in the wind oh uh, yeah this feels like you know st- trying to stop a train by s- stepping in front of it even though she gets a standing ovation from the people in the room uh the the people who live in the deuce it's it's not enough to stop it i mean that's the that's but that's the ironic thing like literally if everyone in the community worked together to to force concessions it would happen mm-hmm. but um one things the lower classes always have problems with is solidarity yeah you know, I saw an interesting quote this week, uh, unrelated, but uh, someone was talking about like conspiracy theories. And it's like it's amazing how many conspiracy theories fall apart if you just analyze it through the lens of uh, everything's explained by the upper class maintaining class solidarity. <laughs> like rich people always look after other rich people and institutions that benefit them to a fault. 
whereas yeah. lower middle class people get easily divided, distracted, and do not do not maintain that solidarity. Even though there's so many more of us than there are of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, she's getting a standing ovation, but these people are going to go home and they're going to have to be worried about the paying her bills and going to work and getting their kids to school and. Yep then that enthusiasm and standing ovations are going to fade to nothing. Uh, okay. We talked about Jean. We talked about Abby. Let's talk about Bobby and Dr. Francis and their uh, analysis of the e- economics of, of pimping and prostituting in the, the year of 1986. I hear it ain't easy, but it is necessary. It's, it's, it's true. It's true. Um, so, you know, Tommy Longo picks up his take. It's still light. He wants to make an example of this woman. Um, but uh, uh, Dr. Francis has this beautiful scene where, first of all, he talks about, like, how long was he in Rikers? For, like, a week? And <laughs> he sounds like to, he's in for years. Yeah, and he managed to kill a dude. I know. I, and the, the way he's just, like, matter of fact, like, he came out of that fucking prison ready to do business. Not, uh-huh. like, you imagine if Bobby had done, like, half of that shit. <laughs> No. Like comes out of Rikers in like three weeks, had to kill a dude in the shower. And like, uh, you know, he'd want to fucking go into a bar and not come out for a week. And, <laughs> you know, uh, 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 Frankie's like, nah, fuck it. We're ready to go. Um, he I'm actually a little surprised that Bobby didn't pick up on the uh, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly reference. Doesn't seem like Bobby's the type I, of guy I to didn't watch. Either. Oh, that's the Tuco is the, okay. the 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 guy from when you have to shoot shoot. Gotcha. Um, that's part of the. I, I think it was good, the bad, the ugly. It's one of those. I don't know. I didn't get it. So but doesn't think Bobby's the type of guy to watch those uh, spaghetti westerns? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe not. I, I can see it. Yeah. Um. But uh, he essentially says, "I had a problem. I solved it." And that you got to do the same thing. You got to look Tommy in his eye and tell him that you can't fight the future and you got to find a new path. Uh, I did not think this was going to end well. I, that's the thing. Like Tommy, like Rudy before is surprisingly level headed. He's like, he does, he steps back. Like clearly like he steps back and the first thought is like, I'm going to beat the shit out of all you. And then I'm going to drive and beat the shit out of the girl. Like you're supposed to, uh-huh. but he's like, okay, this is an economics problem. We got to solve this like management. This makes a lot of sense though. Yeah. Cause Tommy for all of his faults, mm-hmm. I think is a little more forward looking mm. than a Rudy. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's been the whole story of Tommy is he got into the drugs thing because yeah. that's the way of the future for right. these gangsters. Right. The old guys don't see it. So, when somebody comes to him and says, you can't fight the future. Right. I think he instinctively understands that. Well, and maybe you can corral this group of wayward, uh, uh sex workers, right. um, temporarily, to, temporarily, but the next generation of girls are not going to want to do this because yeah. the environment's drying up. Um, the technology has changed. Like, you know, escorting is going to be, it is like you said, the wave of the future. Like mm-hmm. candy was light years ahead of, of the game, uh, back in season one. So, uh, yeah, and until I I made that connection, I was much more scared of what Tommy was going to do yeah. to Bobby and, well, to Frankie. No, Frankie just right. You know, end up back in Rikers for taking Tommy. Out, <laughs> I, I think so. Although Tommy's dangerous too. I did like. Yeah, it's true. Tommy's like, man, I managed, but I'd rather shoot a motherfucker. Like Frankie's face, <laughs> like, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Uh, yeah. Then we have a family dinner with Bobby and is his son Joey. Yes. Does he just look like a Joey? No, he is a Joey. Okay, my notes say Joey, but I didn't. I didn't look yeah. it up. Um, he's got a new deal. He explains how you short a stock. Um, 
which is betting on a company losing money, which Bobby declares as un-American. Uh, <laughs> he finds out how much he'd have to put up, 20000 says, fuck you. But then five seconds I later... Love, I love the look on his kid's face. Because he just, like, he sits back, he waits, like, three seconds, knowing that he's going to come back and say, this is too good of an opportunity. How much can we actually make? It's because Bobby's got no principles. He'll go yeah. f- singing the union anthem and one and go to being a union buster like within five seconds. And his son yep. knows that that's it. He doesn't have my father has no core principles other than can I get my dick wet? Can mm-hmm. I get my beak wet? Either one of those ends getting wet. He's going to eventually come around. Yeah. And he's like a many other Americans in that way. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if you get an opportunity to to make some money uh, or or gratify your pleasure then why the fuck not who yeah. cares about the long who, who cares about the long game it's all about shorten right do, do you think this is gonna go well for bobby because i mean this is so, sort of insider trading i don't know it, is it an inside trade if you get a tip from somebody who's on the inside and then you pass a tip along and that person makes the thing is is is, is so on it? what does david simon think about this industry does david simon think that the ftc is on top of everything and is no. fully punishing the people they're inside trading and this is a bad way to make money or does he think he thinks this, this is, is how it gets done this is the white collar white collar side of the uh, the blue you know the the yeah. blue collar drug deal right like mm-hmm. everyone's making money everyone's looking the the wrong way if if maybe there are some that want to change but they're going to it's like McNulty trying to clean up Baltimore it's 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 one righteous guy against billions of dollars and well connected poli- uh, politicians and craven uh, police and public workers like what the hell are you gonna do. Yeah, and this is this is Bobby trading one, uh, in my opinion, less offensive vice for a, a more offensive vice. Like, <laughs> I the, the the insider trading, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is worse than prostitution. I I, I think. I mean, are, are, like, cheating people academically out of money, or stealing, in practice, because. I, although I, I actually agree with you, just just on a sin a sin based level, the amount of damage it does to society, yeah. even knowing full well how bad like stuff happens and in, in, in prostitution and sex work, like yes, like uh, and it's always crazy, always crazy to me that a poor person can get caught up in possession and wind up in twenty years in jail. Well, one of them is yeah. where you can steal billions right. of dollars from a companies from retirees. You can yeah. kill old ladies by shutting off their power, and you get nothing. And, and and that that vice is all greed based. Uh huh. The vice of prostitution is oftentimes desperation based. Like th- th- these are people just trying to survive versus people ripping others off intentionally. Like it's 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 almost like the money looks after itself. Yeah. And none of us, you know, uh, the 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 our our poor and middle class fans that get st- uh uh friends that get stepped on. It's like oh, whew, glad we're not them. I yeah. wonder if that's what Simon is getting at here. Like, here's the real. Yes, he, always. Here's the real, real that he's getting into. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's. I, I feel like again, I haven't seen Treme yet, but like, I bet like every <laughs> single, every single message is essentially like, when are, when are we the people going to get our shit together and start looking after each other and looking after mm-hmm. um, ourselves and our communities? And how long are we going to let you know people buy us off for pennies on the dollar? Yeah. You know, uh, remains to be seen. Is there anything else? Oh, yes. Uh, one final note about Margaret, um, or as we've known her until like a couple episodes ago, Melissa. Um, 
I don't know if people picked this up. I didn't, but Alan Suppenwall helped me make the connection that the job opportunity that Reg is offering Marge here is uh, being the costumer on Crocodile Dundee. Oh, my the God. The fish out of water story about a man from Australia is 1986's Crocodile Dundee, which will be Ugh. the surprise hit of the year, will be a giant feather in her um, you know, resume if she, for, if she pulls it off. For about 15 years, and then everyone will look back and go, oh my God, are you kidding me? I, I, I mean, I really liked <laughs> Crocodile, D, uh, Crocodile Dundee back in the day. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Uh, uh, but I don't know if it holds up. I do know that the sequels are pretty shitty. Uh-huh. Um, the costuming is ridiculous. I mean, it did the job. <laughs> sure. I mean, for if forever, forever. If she ever tries to get a job in Australia, I bet she'll be a pariah. <laughs> I was going to say, if forever set in my young, impressionable American mind uh-huh. what Australians look like and what they right. do and what they're all about, Uh huh. they're all about walkabouts. Extremely accurate, that Crocodile Lindy. Yep. Yep. That's, that's, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> I think 90% of Australia's GDP crocodiles yeah yeah crocodile skins crocodile yep. teeth on necklaces yep, yep. you can uh, crocodile you can put crocodile teeth on hats they're like uh they're like uh, native americans of the buffalo they use mm-hmm. everything uh for, of the crocodile except for its what what noise do crocodiles make except for their farts yeah they mm-hmm. use 99.9 percent of the crocodile <laughs> Uh, are we ready to entertain some feedback, Jim? Yeah. We have a, a smattering. Uh, you can send some at tv at baldmove.com. If you got something to say or you want us to know about something, uh, and that's the case for these two, Oscar writing in to tell us about a podcast called The Rialto Report. That's R-I-A-L-T-O. The show has two hosts who try to find former porn stars from the beginnings of porn, especially the golden age in the 80s. There's even one episode where they go in some detail about the deuce, uh, episode 72 of this podcast. Uh, if you guys want to check that out, because uh, we're we're talking about like, you know, sources on finding out more about porn and ethical consumption of porn. That's what these are in response to. Stacy wrote us in, said they appreciated our conversation about the porn consumption at the end of our deuce podcast from the last episode. My feelings on porn have evolved considerably as I've gotten older as well. I know you are slammed, but I'd like to suggest you check out two interesting podcasts when you have time, The Butterfly Effect and Last Days of August. John Ronson. Is this an anagram for Ron Swanson? (laughs) Uh, Nick Offerman does an amazing job of exploring the impact of online porn on industry as well as the sad story of an actor's death. I did see that like Lori was was based on some porn star named Shauna back in the day, like the, mm-hmm. the, that that uh, committed suicide by gunshot. I wasn't able to pull on those threads any, but I wonder if, uh, uh, since I got this uh, several days before the episode aired, I wonder if uh, she's referring to that same same uh, same story. Could but be. we'll check it out. Uh, thanks for those recommendations, Stacy and Oscar. If you would again like to send us some feedback on our uh, episodes of the Deuce that we talk about here on Wednesday. Uh, TV at baldmove.com is how you do that. And you can also discuss the deuce on our forums at forums.baldmove.com. That's all we got for this week. I'm very curious to see what kind of underlining or exclamation point uh, that they, they they put on the deuce when it's, with its finale episode next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.